Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm 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 barely surviving. Yep. Well, <laughs> Brad, that's life. You're just <laughs> you're just learning how to test your limits. Let's bring our low energy <laughs> to this to the masses. Yeah, it's what people want to hear. Everybody, hear me suffer. Um, welcome to Going Off Track. Today on the podcast, we have a old friend of ours, Dave Castillo. Uh, he plays in a band called Primitive Weapons, he plays in a band called White Widow's Pact, and he also books a venue in Brooklyn called St. Vitus Bar. Yeah. An um, iconic venue, I would call it. Yeah. It's becoming, it's becoming pretty iconic. Um, and, uh, White Widow's Pact just released a new album called True Will, which you guys can check out. And I believe Primitive Weapons, I think they're writing a recording. I think they're going to have something out soon, too. But uh, yeah, this is a pretty cool podcast. We talked a lot about Dave's bands. We also talked a lot about how he got into booking, how he booked that Secret Nirvana show at Vita, some of the legendary kind yeah, of... Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. This is a good podcast. Well, Dave, yeah. He's, he's, got, all, he's got stuff to talk about. He does have a lot to talk about. He's a good storyteller. Mm. Um, and he's always he's always down to hang out. So if, if you ever go to Vitus and you see some dude with long hair walking around, that's probably him. I think that... White Widow's Pack just wrapped up a tour with Madball. Which, That's uh, pretty epic. Yeah. If you're interested, go back and listen to our, our podcast with Freddie. That was a long time ago. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, buddy. That's like two years ago. Yeah, probably at least two years Freddy ago. Freddie Madball. Freddie Madball, that was a really cool podcast. Um, but yeah, Dave's a super, super awesome dude. And um, I feel like me and Brad have nothing else to say. So <laughs> let's just let Dave's high energy be a nice foil to our <laughs> monotone. Uh, I don't know what this is. What would you call this, Brad? I'd call this like two dudes hanging out in their private library. Yep. Yeah. The only thing missing is a nice scotch. I've got this coffee, but yeah, I could go for a scotch. You probably have scotch here. No, we don't. We have a lot of good whiskeys, but I don't think there's any scotch. Well, let's go check it out while you guys listen to Dave Castillo on Going Off Track. It's going off track! Dave Castillo, mm. it's finally happening. We've been talking about this forever. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Usually at like 
one thirty in the morning. Drunk at St. Vitus. I'm like, you gotta do the podcast. And um, I'd love to, dude. I'd love to. Oh, would love it. I think this is actually the earliest in the day we've seen each other. Probably. Yeah. It's like, this is like post-Bongzilla hangover meditation. So, so Bongzilla played Vitus last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was no. rad. So what's, you, do you have to, if there's a show, so if you guys don't know, Dave, uh, Saints for Primitive Weapons, White Widow's Pact, and Book St. Vitus. True. And we've had on uh, Artie a couple times. Um, we've had on Skirty. Yeah. So you're finally like... My brethren. Your brethren. You need to have George on at some point. Yeah, must. But, uh, I mean, do you have to go booking St. Vitus? And we'll get into it. But do you have to go there kind of every night? Like, how often are you there? Um, I used to. Uh, when we were first starting for sure, you know, because at that point, just kind of like anything else, you, you're setting, you're setting the whole thing up, you know? And so you really wanted to be there and go and stuff like that. But as, and also we weren't doing as many shows like that kind of over time it ramped up and now we do close to, you know, a show, a show every day. Um, so with that, it's like kind of impossible you know at this point right right and also we have just like better uh you know our staff is absolutely excellent we have good people in place and stuff like that so now it's more of like of course i go but it's more like two three times a week at night but i work during the day all the time you know like talking to managers agents bands directly promoters etc you know like all the time so you know it's kind of you know, more up to if I actually, you know, have time or want to see something really badly or other things too. So it's good. I don't want to like ever burn out on it too much either, you know? Right. Sometimes I'll just take a week off of like actually going to a show, you know? Or I go and see something completely different that just interests me at a different space or something else. Sometimes if you get too locked in, I think that you lose uh, like inspiration from this great big city around you, you know, and there could be something somebody else is doing or, you know, just a great show across town and, you know, you can kind of put your mind at ease and just sort of see it, you know, and see it for what it is. And sometimes that's just as important, you know, I see something cool and I'm like, wow, that band is fucking great tonight, you know, and then they end up playing the space or whatever, you know? Right. So, yeah, I think that stuff is equally as important. Yeah, know? totally. I had to put, when I was living in Greenpoint, I had to put a cap. Like, I was like, Vitus, three nights a week at the most. <laughs> like, I can't do more, especially when Jay was bartending. I was like, I can't just be in my apartment all day and then in this, like, dark room at, every night. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'm just like, you know, people, like, will ask me my interests. I'm, like, drinking in really dark bars. And then, like, sitting at home with on my computer. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's basically what I do most days. That's why I try and get out, do stuff like this. I try and take meetings during the day. Right. Just to get out and about and, like, with people. Like, during the winter, sometimes it gets bleak. I'll be like, Jesus, I've been in these two rooms between Vitus and my house, like, for, like, three weeks straight. And it's just insane. So I'll try and, like, do stuff outside of it, you know? Yeah. I, I... Do you get dressed during? I just wear this robe I stole from mm-hmm. this hotel in Amsterdam. <laughs> I didn't steal it. It's a long story. I ended up with this robe, and I was looked down at the other day, and there's just like fucking stains. I was like, I just wear this thing all day, every day. Do yeah. you get dressed during the day? Uh, no, man. Most of the time when I'm 
you know, doing my thing, uh, I'm I'm just like you know hanging out in like some like kind. Of, I look like a straight edge hardcore kid from like you know 1993. I have like mesh shorts on and like a long sleeve. Yeah, I'm just like fucking ripping. Are you wearing construction gloves? Yeah. Yeah, X construction gloves, X out ones, but yeah, that's like my that's like my standard issue. Yeah, unless I have to go somewhere, you know right, what I mean. Right. So I'm just hanging out most of the time. I work from my bed. Yeah, like literally, I'm like in bed, and then I kind of tried to stop doing that too because I was like, uh, man, I'm just like literally. There would be times where I would just be in bed working, then I get delivery. And keep working, and then my wife would find me in bed, like as if I haven't moved since she left me, except that I'm holding a computer. Right. Because she's the dean of a high school. Hi, Marissa. <laughs> and uh, she leaves real, like early in the morning, you know? So I'm usually sleeping by the time she goes out. I try and wake up between like 9.30 and 10 a.m., and then I usually just look at my email and then start you know yeah so uh, i would be like almost like untouched i was like what is this i feel like i'm like john lennon you know like revolution from my bed you know whatever and i've been in that position too like she probably comes home and is like fucking dave hasn't done anything all day and you're like no i was working all day like it just look i'm just in bed it looks but- like shit though yeah. it really looks bad yeah. it, uh, it, i mean yeah. if anyone really saw it you'd be like fuck this guy yeah totally but i'm doing stuff trust yeah. you know um, <laughs> was there was there a point sort of what you were saying earlier like it does seem like when vitus started i remember there was what it's been like three years something like that uh it's gonna be five years next year brother yeah i know it kind of blows me away i keep so much of a track of that stuff because like my life is pretty much a calendar right you know so i'm looking at months and dates all the time and then uh yeah it kind of dawned on me like middle of this year we're like five years feels significant you know totally so like as like a plateau we haven't really celebrated like, hey, it's our two-year anniversary or three-year anniversary, but for five, we're gonna we're working on something. Yeah, I'm sure, shit. dude. What was there a point where you went from just shows a couple nights a week to like, was it a conscious thing? Like, I want to do shows here pretty much every single night, or did it just kind of gradually kind of happen? Yeah, it was definitely an evolution. I think when um, you know Artie and George, you know, started the space and stuff, and they brought me on, um, and the idea was obviously that. You know, this place is going to be a bar, primarily. And then they put a stage in the back, and they're like, we just want to have good shows, right? And uh, But then there's going to be, like, a bar, and maybe there's some parties. We'll see how it kind of works, you know? Is it shows all the time? They weren't sure yet, you know what I mean? Like, they wanted to kind of sort of see how people reacted to it and how, you know, what people kind of wanted out of it. And they brought me on to just do the show part of it right so then i think over pretty quickly like within this first six months they saw that shows are really driving a lot of the business and that people were really responding to shows in that space and then they started wanting to play even though at that time being that far down in greenpoint seemed like you were in the middle of fucking right you know nowhere it was like us and the toxic avenger hanging out down there (laughs) it was like nothing you know totally um but it started to gain some traction and you know we put it in a lot of work in order to try and get some good bands to play and then that started the ball really rolling more and more and more and then i was getting better and better stuff and then it just kept going and kept going whereas now it's like you know it's just seen as a venue more so you know even though the bar space is super comfortable and it's great to hang out in 
um, you know, the main thing that we do is shows and we've like, you know, sort of seen that that's the way that this, this place works, you know, but it started very like organically. It wasn't necessarily, Hey, we're going to be this thing, you know, you know, we're going to open up and we're going to be, you know, this hard venue concept or something. That wasn't the case at all. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I also feel like it's, and then like just as a, being someone in a band who's played Vitus, like it's like, it kind of spoils you for other venues because it's like everyone there's cool. Like it always sounds good. Like I feel like you guys really take care of the bands. I mean, what, what's kind of your yeah, background in sort of like, what were you doing before this? Cause I didn't really know you, I guess before this. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Fuck. Um, let's see. I was drinking a lot. So, uh, I bartended, uh, at several different, are you from Long Island? I'm from Long Island. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, you know, the way that I sort of explain it is that I've sort of been doing the same shit since I was 15, like up until now. It's a weird thing. I guess, you know, I've always, um, you know, I went to college, finished college, have a degree in philosophy somewhere, gaining dust over there. And then I also, um, like, you know, worked uh, in advertising briefly, doing like copywriting kind of stuff. And then... I was always setting up and putting on hardcore shows and playing in bands and doing shit like that all throughout these other kind of endeavors. And then finally, I, you know, it was just like, fuck this. I'm, I'm going to bartend. I want to be a part of music. That was kind of, uh, I realized that there's, there's no getting away from that from me or it can't be like, uh, you know, hobby or something. Like right. I just need it more often. And it was the thing that I cared about really a lot that drove me more than other things, you know? Because uh, I was pretty disinterested in anything else I tried to do as a job. I was like, that Harvey Peacock comic, The Quitter, I've, I quit so many things, you know? Um, so I was like 27, I was a bartender, and I just was throwing all these fucked up, weird shows with my friend Fred at the time. And then Artie and George kind of approached me to do Vitus, and I was just like, if we can make this the thing, like the... A, like a really like legit place, you know, like uh, Coney Island High or CBs or like one of those. So I saw it pretty right away with what they were trying to build. I was like, dude, this could be something, you know. So I quit like half of my shifts and took like one shift at Vitus and started booking it, you know, from like for like nothing pretty much. <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So it's weird. I want to talk to you about the Nirvana thing. Oh, yeah. But I want to lead into that with... <laughs> I'm going to spend the rest of my life talking about that. <laughs> I know. I'm sure it's you're just so like, sick of it, but it's... No, nah, it's cool. It's it's just something that I've, like, very much accepted. Yeah. I got, like, the... What's the Nirvana The thing? 10, like, the, the elevator pitch version. I got the hanging out with family and really trying to explain it version. I, you well, know. I want to lead into this question. What do you need, babe? I want to lead into this question by saying you've... I'm sure people think you have a really cool job, but I would imagine... The most annoying part of your job is people being like, can you get me into this? Can you get me into this? It's brutal. I mean, I mean, when <laughs> Skirty was on here, he, we talked about that show and he was like, I just turned off my phone or something. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with it when you have like a big show there? And then I'm sure like the day of or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes I like don't give a fuck and I'll just be like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this until later. Sometimes it's just like, you know, if I'm busy that day, I'm running around, I get to what I can get to. You know, I used to really stress out like a lot more about it. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, you know, there are tickets, there are things going on here. I know there's a lot of like 
odd politics that happen. I just try and stay consistent and just, you know, be like, all right, cool. You know, I'm trying, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people tend to be pretty cool about it too. Like it's not like some like hard ask, you know, um, and stuff. And I think it's only like, I think that people realize that, uh, I do this all the fucking time and they try and respect that, especially like friends and stuff like that. Right. Unless it's something they're like super fucking stoked on. Maybe they save it. Right. Right. A bit, you know, and uh, for that, uh, I'm forever appreciative, you know? Um, but yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, I'm like trying to do shit too, you know? Yeah, totally. So that, that's pretty much it, you know? But honestly, I would have, I would rather deal with that than not deal with it because at the end of the day it means i'm doing something right yeah no that's a really good point so i kind of try and keep those things in that perspective too you know it's like we're doing something cool we're doing something special or something you know that it's attracting interest so that's awesome but yeah it is kind of like a more punishing part of the job for sure i'm sure i mean i even get i get hit up about snl tickets all the time it's like i wish i could get people in yeah. It's like, that's not even my gig. No, no. And I, I hear really weird stuff, too, about, like, friends of mine, like, getting hit up about... I'm like, guys, they don't even... Well, or people, they don't even work here. And people can be kind of ridiculous, you know? The reason we had you on the Whatever. podcast, Dave, is there's about 12 shows we want to ask you to <laughs> yeah. get us into. Most, you know, I don't know if you realize this. Mostly, yeah, most I'm of Jonah's cornered. questions are based on his <laughs> seeking me going answers down the stuff, whether spiritual or otherwise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nah, man, he's a, he's an operator. I can tell. The guy's got angles. Yeah. Oh, I play in the United Nations, man. How about your club? Mm, interesting. Um, yeah. So what? I remember. And and he and he made it clear that he offer. He's not doesn't have anything to offer up. No, does no. not have us in a couple of microphones. No, nothing, and a computer, in, and dark nothing, room. nothing in return. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know how I ended up in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Only because of Brad. I don't know how I ended up here. Um, love bread. Lots of flavor. <laughs> yes. Tons of flavor. Right. Uh, why don't you tell the Nirvana story for Brad, who's probably the last person in Brooklyn to not know about this. Maybe. Here's, I'll give I, you the boilerplate version and then you can Is this the show deeper. that, the fake, the show that didn't happen? No, this is a show that did happen-ish. So basically, when they got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at Barclays, it was like all the remaining members and they had different singers. It was like Kim Gordon sang uh, at the hall and I think right. also St. Vincent. St. Vincent, yeah. And then... Uh, Jay Maskis played with them or something? Uh, I, or don't, oh, I think he only did that at, at Vita. So okay. Joan Jett did that also. Okay. So then basically they set up a show at Vitus that was like pretty much their after party right. and then all those people played again. Like this dude just decided, oh yeah, like uh, it's a big night. I have like my whole family with me, my <laughs> pregnant wife and shit. And I'm like, yo... I'm going to go play like 20 Nirvana songs at like this fucking little dark hole in the end of the universe here in Greenpoint. But that's what happened. So basically they all came and played and it was like Joan Jett sang some songs, Jay Maskus sang some songs, Kim Gordon did, St. Vincent, and then uh, the dude from Deer Take John. And it was just like a drunken party, you know? But how does, how does something like that come together? Like, does Dave Grohl call you? Is it his manager? That's basically kind of the... Um, the 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 thing is, is like, think about this, right? It's like, David Grohl wants to do some shit. It's just like, it's like manna from heaven. It's like, it's gonna happen, right? <laughs> it's just like, the like I'm, I'm, I'm rolling in, right? It can be made to happen. Yeah, exactly. It's like, basically, David Grohl wanted to throw a party that night, right? And so we're hanging out, and uh, so I get 
some vague emails from a friend of mine, Jay, over at uh, CAA. And it's like, oh, I got this party, you know, but he wouldn't really tell me what it was. It was like an 11 email exchange of like nothing. Right. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Could you please? He's like, no, like really like this party. I'm like, what do you, you don't even book parties. You book bands. Right. What, what the fuck is this? Right. So finally he calls me and he's like, look, dude, under penalty of like death, this is what like is going on. I was like, oh, a party. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, all right, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it was like, you know, this thing. And, uh, yeah, and so basically, like, it was, I was like, wow, okay. But I was like, slim, slim chance, you know. They probably hit up like 30 other places, right. you know. So I was like, excited but very controlled. I've I've had like a lot of these experiences too. I've gotten great stuff, but sometimes, you know, other things leave too and, you're like, wow, okay, at least we got the phone call. Knows who we are. Great. Right. Artie calls me an hour later and goes, yo, man, uh, what are you doing? And like, I'm like, Artie is like not the dude who's going to like be <laughs> excited about like anything. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Unless I'm it's like, a new conspiracy theory. Yeah, exactly. Unless like, you know, it's like some Infowars, you know, mug set or something. So I was like, um, I was like, nirvana and i was like how'd you know you know and i was like <laughs> someone called me too you know and he's like holy shit and i was like dude i talked to their tour manager and that's when i thought all right this is getting real because it's like they got to us in two different ways right you know? so i'm like there's high interest and then already uh met up with the dude the day before um the next day already and george did kind of walked him around he called girl and was like we should do this here and that was that, you know? And then we knew for a couple of days, but we're like sworn to secrecy, you know? Right. And it was a bit of a difficult thing. I don't like keeping secrets, really, like in my life. Uh, and I kind of have to do it nowadays because of sort of the nature of the job a little bit. Right. You know, when we do stuff like that or, you know, just other shows and stuff and like, you know, you can't blow the announced details on things or whatever, you know? But this is completely like, this. here's the list of 300 of my friends. <laughs> and like this is what we're doing tonight you know and it's like and the guy has like a fucking army working for him he had like four people to do every little thing we didn't even run the venue we just like partied really. <laughs> that's great yeah because this... he had like a you know what i mean like security sound video they mean shit you know like it was insane you know because he's like his own industry pretty right, much you right. know so it was just like can't grow fucking like parachuting in and just taking over the thing which was kind of sick i just hung out you know but is and, he hung had he hung out there before because nah man he just weird. he seems to have this network of little like metal clubs all over the world that he like kind of frequents yeah he, he really uh you know it's not you know he's a genuine article you know and he was psyched on like vitus you know being what it is and stuff and he appreciated the vibe and everything and we were talking about, you know, Virginia Doom bands and stuff that he was into and SST shit. And, like, it was cool, you know? And um, the thing that was really amazing about it, though, was just, like, there was, like, all these people in this room, too. Even, like, the guest list is, like, these are clearly Dave Grohl's friends, not mine. You know? <laughs> right, right. But they were all, everyone was just, like, drunk and happy and, like, cool. Like, you know, it was, like, a kind of a big night. Like, you have to think about the context of, like, they were just inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame, you know? And so, like, straight up, it was, like, his mom is, like, in a, you know, like, 
nice pantsuit, you know, and like, you know, and, and stuff. She's a lovely woman too. I'm I sure. really hung out with his mom and his wife more than anyone else. I was like, there's this pregnant lady over here and this older woman and they're like in this vortex of rock and roll right. and suits and shit. I'm going to like kind of bring them over here so they can be comfortable to the basement or something, which was very glamorous. Uh, but <laughs> have you seen the, the basement? Time, it's, it's, it's very glamorous. Yeah. It's like uh, a Soviet block. Like, you know, it's like Soviet block era basement with like some carcass stickers and like Lord Isaac graffiti. Um, but yeah, it was, so it was cool. It was a great night, you know, and it was just something that, you know, uh, I feel like it happened to us in a way, but at the same time, you know, we are what we are. So it was kind of a cool thing. And later on, we kind of learned that a couple of people who work for him, especially this, um, this one dude who works is kind of his main filming dude for his production company actually plays in a company band with one of the guys from clutch and he played there before twice. And I think that also had like some influence and stuff, but we, we, we didn't really like know, you know? Yeah. 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 That was a, yeah. Fucking insane night. (laughs) I've seen some wild shows there. Uh, descendants, hot water music. That show is now the, the girl thing was very much like, a. You know, like it was like a party. It was very like a controlled vibe. The Descendants show probably shaved like six weeks off my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember because they were supposed to play outside and then yeah. it like four drops of rain fell and they're like, show's canceled. And you're like, what? <laughs> I, um, I'm not going to lie. I didn't have the greatest time at that show uh-huh. because I really didn't experience it right. that much, to be honest. Like if you were um, in my position... You were watching, like, people from, like, Sao Paulo cry in front of your venue. Really? <laughs> because they couldn't get in. Because Riot Fest got canceled. It's just too many people. And then, literally, I'm in a cab going home, and Artie calls me, and he's like, dude, how order music's going to play here? And uh, the Descendants are loading in, too. I don't really know what's going to happen. And I was like, Jesus. holy shit. But then the festival and other people, like, tweeted it out. So... I literally, I was about to go eat dinner with my wife, and I'm like, Marissa, I have to leave right now. And she's like, what are you talking about, you fucking asshole? <laughs> like, we had plans. I was like, the descendants are about to play St. Vitus. She's like, you gotta go. <laughs> you know, like, you gotta leave right now. You know? So I, I, I literally keep the cab waiting. I go upstairs, tell her this, come back in. We're, the cab's going down Manhattan Avenue towards the club. I literally, I'm passing people running. Like fucking like Prefontaine running down the fucking <laughs> Manhattan Avenue to the club. And I get there and literally the club is has 300 people in it already, which is insane. Uh, and there's like a thousand people outside. Right, and yeah. I was just like, holy fucking shit. Uh, dude, I got tickets for that. Remember when McCartney played Irving? Mm-hmm. I got, um, I heard about that. Like when it happened, I rolled up there. It was like no one was there. Like 10 a.m. when it went on sale. Yeah. Like that was nothing. Yeah. And like going to that Descendants show was like a thousand times crazier. It was just mania. And so I had to kind of like tell people to go home and shit. And it wasn't like the happiest vibe, you know, in that sort of way, like where I was. But when I did roll inside, it was fucking magic. Like when I could like stop and actually like enjoy it and just like look up there and they're playing like I'm the one and shit. And, like, people are losing, like, the entire bar. Like, people are in the bar, and everyone's just singing every word and just, like, drinking. Right. And they have such a kind of, like, an uplifting vibe, too. Like, yeah, yeah. And so catchy. But it's, like, 
it was just wild, you know? And I'm like, that guy was in Black Flag, holy shit. <laughs> you know? And, like, it's, like, it was cool, you know? And the Hot Water guys were really, uh, them and Artie have, like, a long-standing relationship for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Know? I'm, I'm the young one of the group, you know? I'm, like, right. 32. Artie's, like, in his early 40s, and so is George. So it's, like, there's a generational vibe there uh with vitus you know so that's kind of where it sort of started a little bit too because he kind of reached out to them and at the sort of at the beginning and then it turned into this whole fucking thing but yeah that it's was good that uh, it was hell of a night because, yeah because <laughs> i've definitely i've been to my share of those kind of secret shows and my generally generally now i i turn them down <laughs> you yeah. know because it's like it's like you get there and it's just too fucking crowded and even if it's like people you know or playing or whatever yeah it's just too insane you know i i kind of like you know nowadays we take a i mean we've learned from all these experiences right you know what i mean like we'll always try and put tickets on sale and stuff like that and like and really try and make it so you know you're getting in or you know you're not right before you get to the club even if it's you know announced the day of or whatever have you you know like we did the for uh like uh saves the day we did it for against me we did it for like a bunch of bands like and it was all last minute neurosis went I mean, up like the, the day before you know what i mean because it's like i want to respect the showgoer as much as possible and also when i go out there if there is a line out there i'm like guys i think about here is the people who are definitely getting in right this is the maybe this is the no hope right and i just <laughs> go out there and i break it down i'm like if you guys want to sit here and be warriors and wait it's your Tuesday night, Saturday night, Wednesday night, whatever. But I'm going to let you know the vibe, you know? Because right. there's some people who are diehards who are just like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm in. I'm in right, for two right, hours. Right. And maybe they play a song and maybe by that time some people clear out and I'm going to see if I can make it happen. Right. And there's some people who are like, um, I took like a flyer on it. If I got here early enough, cool. But you know what? That's too much for me. I'm going to go eat, you know, a slice of pizza. Right. And I'm I'm fine, you know? So I try and communicate as much as possible early on and, like, you know, just kind of let people know the vibe, you know, of, like, what's happening to respect their time, at least, you know? Totally. Well, you got to keep control because, especially in those situations, man, it can get out of control. It can get ugly, dude. And, and that's, expectations are different than what is reality than, like... Yeah, it's the, the thing that I'm, like, trying to be the most sensitive of when I'm doing, you know... uh shows just in general you know and we try and keep it as good as possible you know i mean there's always going to be complaints about this that or the other thing right. you know that's just like any business mm -hmm. and also in the like yelp era of like i can tell people what i think fuck you <laughs> dude <era>. don't <laughs> don't get it's kind of like uh, okay you know but generally you know we've been very lucky as far as like all of that stuff is concerned you know we do the best that we can you know we it also probably are, helps that you're on the the fucking outskirts of brooklyn too yeah totally it, it i mean if you were here if that club was here in this neighborhood oh uh, yeah you it'd know, be you'd, a nightmare you'd also have the cops breathing down your neck yeah yeah i think so i also think that you know williamsburg though like in this area here in north williamsburg um there are a lot of loud crazy businesses so i also think that there's like you know a lot of attention deflected in a lot of different areas, you know? Like, look at Music Hall or something. They're blasting it out every fucking night, you know? And But at the same time, it's like, what we do is, like, just a little more organic and a little more and smaller and, like, more locally kind of, like, right. has that vibe to it. And, uh, you know, we don't have, like, this huge crew 
like doing 15 million different things. Right. It's just like, you know, small skeleton crew of people. But doing do, it. do yeah. you have to be up on like, cause I feel like some nights I would go there, like when Jay was working Wednesdays, I'd be like, I'll go to the bar and like the some bands playing. I can't like read the font. Like I've never heard of them. And yeah. there'll be fucking people like going, like it'll be just like so sold out. And it's like, Oh, this is some Italian band that hasn't played over here in like eight years or something. Yeah. 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 Like, how do you kind of know? Mom it. Yeah. <laughs> or like, even like I ran into like, who did I run into the other day? Oh, uh, Rafe. And he was like, we're playing some show with a bunch of like crazy black metal bands. From, yeah. Like, I, mean, I think mortuary drape and a few others. How do you sort of like, what's the logistics of getting these bands over, especially from foreign places? And like, it's hard, man. I mean, honestly, sometimes it's like they'll roll in for like a one-off show and they'll just like kind of, you know, pretty much like, you know, just like play, you know what I mean? And like a lot of times it's not necessarily my responsibility. It's a promoter's responsibility who's, you know, bringing them over and I just give right. them a date, you know? Right, right. It's very different, you know? And sometimes it's like, yeah, full on, like, we got, like, visas for a year. We're coming here to tour, like, twice, you know what I mean? Uh, so it really just depends, you know, on, like, the particular situation or, or whatever, you know? But, you know, metal, I feel like there's so many, like, little hotbeds of metal, like, all throughout the world. And, you know, people are so rabid about trying to find out. And I just think this is music in general, but definitely I think metal hardcore and like punk kind of have like a certain voraciousness or finding newer or rarer or old things you know whatever that may be it could be like an old band like how like that whole death resurrection sort of happened <laughs> yeah. you know with, right. with detroit and like the, you know that's like a record collector is going like dude this is like this incredible punk band or just even like something as you know i'm really into like you know raw punk from japan I'm really into like Japanese grindcore, right? Like, fuck on the beach, and like that's my thing, you know. And like that—that's like. Sorry, that was a Colombian hand gesture. <laughs> my microphone just whoa. All right, but that you can was do that. Like, if I do it, Brad gets so mad. Yeah, do that's cool. don't touch the mic. Yeah, yeah, my bad. No, it's yeah. fine. You're, Sorry, it's like I'm already fucking shit up. But the um, <laughs> yeah, so I think that that's part of it, you know. So I think that there's a lot of sort of almost like gamesmanship and like knowing about music and learning about it. So like. Sometimes it's like importing like like if you got like a rare wine or some shit, you know, you're like, I only got a couple of bottles of this, you know, or it only comes around every so often. And it's like, that's what's up, you know? And so we kind of get that, you know? And it's pretty amazing because we don't have a fucking 2,000 person club. We have a 200 person club. Right. So, or, you know, uh, 150 people or something, you know, it's not very big. So in our way, it's like we, we just need like the the weirdos who are going to come out for this, right. you know, <laughs> and they'll, and then people are going to come from like Jersey or Connecticut or there are people who've flown in from across the country to see some of these things. Cause it's a rare like experience, you know, and it's really cool. It's awesome. You know? And like, I like that we're able to do that. I like that we're able to kind of bring that. And I think, you know, from a business perspective, it's just as cool as doing anything else, like a tour that comes through town. But it also has like a certain cachet where it's like, you know, and it's New York, you know, so it's like, it, it, it's like we can bring, 
people come from the surrounding areas, you know? Right. Going to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, maybe not as much. Right. You know what I mean? But here it's like, okay, cool, we'll make a weekend of it. Do, right, do go you to that, New York. You know? Sort of being It's in, the advantage of being here, I guess. Being in that metal world though, do you ever have to like when Paul was on from Black Anvil, we talked a lot about like their whole thing with like the blood. I mean, being in that world, do you ever have to be like, listen, you can't spray blood, you can't have pyro? Like I feel like some of these bands it's kind of part of that. Yeah, I think we're, we try and be pretty loose about it because honestly, I want artists in general to express their themselves, their point of views, like what what they're trying to communicate through their art. You know, um, the only thing that we're like you know overly concerned with is like you know just making sure like overall like safety. You know what I mean? Right. But like, there's not much honestly that I think really like ever comes close to that like as far as like from a production standpoint you know it's like the you can have a, a couple of candles on stage tops, right you know right. what i mean but that's yeah. about like the only thing you know is from that perspective we try and like work with people to make you know we have a banging projector we have like you know we're always trying to make a visual aspect for them cool you know like as much as we can you know we don't have uh like lighting like you know music hall does or something like that but at the same time there's a lot of bands that they put the work in to make their stage show great and i can't believe like how it looks sometimes i'm like wow these motherfuckers over here really transformed the spot like right. like carcass carcass made that place look almost unrecognizably like beautiful at the time <laughs> Um, we didn't really have like the, the lighting game down compared to what we have now. Right. And they, those, those guys, I mean, you know, you're coming in there, you're fucking carcass, you fucking rip, you're like, yo, hardware piece. Like we could just play, you know, that and like, you know, we could just do our thing. We could just get up there and play and everyone would be fucking psyched. Right. Like the sans production. Right. No problem. These motherfuckers came in there at noon. Like, what's up? We need to get in, you know? And um, their team was amazing. Set up a whole lighting rig, patched into our lights, put up more lights. They were and, traveling with and, all this gear? Yeah, they just, like, found a way to bring the right. big stage to the small stage as much as they humanly could. Right. And it just came off, like, incredible. <laughs> and it just showed us... I think it actually, for us, it showed us it was, like, possible right. in a lot of ways, you know? And that's something... Um, they strive to be the best no matter what still you know and also like you see them soundtrack you're like yo that's bill steer he's like <laughs> fucking the man you know but that aspect really impressed me like right. i already knew that that was going to be cool but their crew was amazing they were really cool i mean it was just a phenomenal night but that aspect i was like i can't believe how cool this looks right. and how much they put into that and it was amazing yeah so it's cool for all you bands out there. You uh, take a cue from that, man. You know, I, I'm like, yeah, you know, put the work in, you know, because it, and everyone left blown away. Um, so I want to talk about what Widow's Pact. WWP. WWP. Yeah. Um, I want to ask one last Vitus question really yeah, quick sure, when sure. I get into it. Say you're listening to this podcast, you're in a band, you don't have a publicist, you yeah. don't have a manager, you're just shredding some overpriced space in Williamsburg. Yeah. What's the best way to get a gig at Vitus? Man, uh, you know, I'll be very honest. We get hit up so much, it's I'm sort sure. of difficult to always listen to, like, everything. Right. I really try. I try to listen to a lot. One human being, you know? Right. Already listen to stuff, too. We'll kind of confer. We'll try and get... 
stuff happening. But honestly, I think, you know, obviously just email us cold would be like, hey, listen to this, you know. Um, don't ask to be like the opener on like, you know, some huge show like right off the bat. Right. But try and build a little bit. You know what I mean? I think that that's always like the case, you know. I'm always trying to put locals on that are already like trying to get a little grind going, you know. Have a couple of shows under their belt. Vitus is a mid-sized club, right? It's not a huge club, and it's not a small club either. There are other cool places that are smaller than us where you can start playing right. and already start like getting a vibe going and you know getting some like attention and other things like that too. And uh, I would also say like record, Thanks, like just record, like get me music, you know? Right. Uh, it means nothing to me if you're like, yo, we're a tech death band from, you know, fucking Ron Konkuma. That, that, okay. And like, I need music. Right. So right. record something, record a great, the, your best representation of what you have just so I can listen. You know what I mean? And then that'll be, that'll be like the first major steps, you know, and play some shows, you know, like, get and off then, your computer, play some shows, play some shows, man. Do like, you know, start doing it. And then like, Hopefully at that point too, you know, I'm going to notice names starting to pop up. I'm going right. to notice certain things and stuff. And like, I know who's out there and like putting in work and like trying to, you know, do stuff. And I do it myself when I play in my, you know, in my bands. It's like, I'm going to go play an ABC matinee, you know, and then I'm going to go play at Vitus and I'm going to try and do other stuff, you know. And it's like, I know bands who are just like, they're trying to be active and be like, you know, uh, a part of it. In, re in reality and like you know it's not always gonna work but at the same time it's like i'm gonna start trying to pay attention you know right so yeah and speaking of recording wwp yeah just you guys just finished a new album or just came out just came out october 16th man yeah, yeah. true will true on will. new damage records nice and you guys have you guys recorded here before we did a yeah we That's actually fun. did a thing for metal sucks and converse here where we did like uh we did an original song that came out pretty cool, um, and then we also did. Was that was Will here then? No, it, I don't think. No, no did it the was first one. Yeah, we did the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putney wasn't in the vibe yet, but um, we also did a Nirvana cover too of Negative Creep. Oh yeah, that we got in the back pocket, and nice. that came out really cool. Actually, I like it a lot. Yeah, I think we uh, the original is cool, and we still play it from time to time. There's some good stuff there, but I think. But there's a little like weird magic with the way that the negative creep cover came out because we just kind of like we had some extra time and it was just like something we were thinking about and it just kind of came out. You yeah, know? yeah. Sometimes that's the best shit, right? It's like, oh yeah, I've been listening to songs since I was like 13, and like, oh, how's it go again? And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Then Nick's like, yeah, we'll we'll add this like extra, you know, we'll down tune it and this little kind of like crowbariness to it or something and we're like all right cool yeah let's let's just give it a go you know and if it's shit whatever but i thought it turned out pretty cool that's awesome man mm -hmm. um so what do you guys sort of have planned i mean obviously like you're yeah um I, we're playing abc on the 14th really with genocide I, dude, pack. i've never been to abc still really that's bullshit and I, I walk past all the time and i'm always like i need to go to this place yeah go to a matinee man it when are you playing rules uh the 14th of okay. november um it's my sister's birthday yeah man it, it's it's you know when people talk about like punk rock <laughs> institution abc no rio oh my is God. the spot i'm gonna go infinite respect <laughs> infinite <laughs> fucking respect you've never actually been in there no you? i've walked past it my friend had like a 
going away party there and i've just every time yeah just haven't done it you gotta do a matinee it's awesome man just peek your head yeah so what totally. time what time was and it? it's all ages and it's like yeah. a, i gotta go really 14. cool vibe it was the only place that made that you know well i mean it was the only all ages show spot in new york like in, in you know in the For 80s the and 90s time. like that's why all these iconic bands played there yeah because it was it's almost like choice. the gilman of like yeah, new york no, like, or something real. but like it has less of a club vibe and more of like community space vibe you know yeah and that i mean that's you know they had the books through bars program there they have a dark room in there they, they have a lot of cool stuff going on there in like you know kind of like a social activism kind of realm and i think a place like abc is like infinitely important Totally. You know? Oh totally. God, yeah. Like for like kids and shit, you know. I mean, I think we take it for granted that we could just go anywhere and do anything after you get past a certain age. You know, you don't think back, but it's like you know, I run a mid-sized club. Kids aren't really going to be going in there. It's like a more of a bar, really, right. as well. Right. Kids aren't going to be going in there all the time, too. And we are what we are over here, you know. But places like ABC and Silent Barn. Those places are vitally important for getting kids into like music and shit yeah. of all different sorts, you know? So to me, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll play there fucking forever. That's you know awesome. what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, like it's great. Um, yeah, so we're doing that. And then we're playing a show at the Acheron with uh, All Pigs Must Die in December. I think that is December 5th. And then hopefully a small tour in January uh, that. I kind of will yeah. be silent about until we <laughs> see what what's happening. But yeah, so yeah, things are good, man. That's just trying awesome, to do man. it, you know, and sight on just getting it out there. You know, it's like, oh, I've had it for a while, you know, and yeah, finally yeah. see the light of day, you know, start working on a new one for Christ's sakes. And then Primitive Weapons, I just played... Yeah, open, we play with Torch. Crazy, yeah, Torch. Yeah, which they're like the best band ever. Yeah, we fucking. Love I saw them. them. Who did they play with the last time they were at Vitus? I went to go see whoever opened for them. Was it Dirty Fences? It wasn't Dirty Fences. I know those dudes. Though. It was someone else, like really awesome. Was it Horrors? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I, I'm, I'm not connecting off the top of my yeah, head. But they, you know, they always play with fun. Yeah, they played with someone I really liked, and then I stuck around for Torch, and I was like, "Oh wow, these guys are really good too." Yeah, dude, they're they're amazing. I think they're um, one of the best bands out. Period. And like, I don't think that anyone really does what they do, and I think that people, you know, Meanderthal, that record really, I think, like propelled them into more of a consciousness. I mean, these guys have been doing this kind of shit forever floor and cavity and like oh, they're all coming from this sort of like doomy sludgy background but steve can really just sing his ass off i mean that guy like loves like gotta buy voices and like he loves melody you know yeah and to have this heaviness with this melody but it's not some like bullshit you know it's not some like really like whiny bullshit is like fucking fantastic and it's just such a different way of approaching it or it's a very signature way of approaching it where it's like it's the torch thing that's their thing right and to me they should be like just revered i think they're like a fucking that whole vibe that whole scene is like a national treasure well, here's what I want to see happen to Vitus. Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> CEO Jonas, fucking let me know what's You've up. seen a lot happen at Vitus. I've seen a lot of amazing fact. things happen. Yeah. This is the one thing I want to see. Cleveland Hardcore Fest. Oh, man. Here I we want, go. I want to get in tag there. 
Yeah. I don't, well, sure. Dwid, talk to me, babe. Dwid. And they, they played, I guess they did a set in Cleveland. I know they played that Baltimore thing. Yeah, they do a 3-8-9, yeah. like a bunch down there. They right do now. that. But Ringworm, who I've seen at Vitus like a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, man. Awesome dudes. We Actually, White Widow's Patches went out with Ringworm for a bit. Oh, yeah. And I uh, love those guys. Great fucking band. The Promise. I mean, yeah. one of my favorite hardcore records. Um, OLC. Yeah, man. Let's to get all the Clevo <laughs> confront. Yeah, Jesus. Get all the Clevo inmates. classic. Yeah, inmates. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel like a riot. Dude. Yeah, there could be a riot. Yeah. I mean that would Definitely be very like a riot. That would be very there's, Cleveland. There's a lot of tension. A lot of tension between Cleveland and New York. Right. I know, yeah. but I don't know. I feel like you know, I think that's dissipated. We're a lot all adults now. Like I can't yeah. even I remember growing up in Cleveland and like people be like, We can't play New York. Like we can't and yeah. I like was always like and there's always, always shit too, even like with like Syracuse and, and, you know, certain bands right. in New York City. And like there was always like weird beats. Totally. Like all, all the time, you know? And like you'd hear about that shit just like happening, you know? And like the specter of certain like, you know, like, like scene, like politic kind of stuff, you know? And it's still present ish. Right. You know, for sure. You know, I'm but, sure like, too. But I feel like everyone kind of gets older, and then you're like, "Wait, why do we not like these people again?" Like, yeah, for sure. I think that they're well. I just there's a, a bunch of different things. I think one is like hardcore, and a lot of these are like youth movements, you know. And I think when you're younger too, there's like a certain radicalism in like your point of view, which is right. It's, I think it's good, but at the same time, I also think that that can close you off to other things and also when you're young you don't really like the gray area exists less and as you get older you see the gray area and like how things could pull people different ways and i feel like you just become a little more worldly in that sort of sense of understanding kind of different points of view and and meeting different people and you know just going through experience and stuff so maybe it kind of like dulls that a bit in a certain way but at the same time maybe also like sharpens it too so it really just depends but you know i, I don't know you know i personally like when people kind of roll up and like are like i'm about this and that's cool you know right but i think that there's a there's a certain way to go about it too you know and sometimes there it can be confrontational sometimes not but i think a little bit of that is good you know there's no band that like you really love or i really love or whatever that's just been kind of like kumbaya vibe in like <laughs> in in all of this you know in all yeah, of this this is what, what this music's sort of about right whether it be social justice stuff or really like personal kind of like you know demon kind of vibe or whatever people are writing about and are expressing but there's a certain immediacy to it that i think really is what why people respond to this kind of music you know and it has to be kind of unedited it has to be kind of unfiltered to a, you know, to a point, you know, um, and sometimes, you know, that'll get you in trouble though. You know what I mean? If you, you know, there'd be people who are not going to be excited about what you have to say, but sometimes that's all right. You know, like there's plenty of people who weren't excited about bikini kill when it first happened. Right. Right. right totally. But fuck, I, I, I kind of love it, you know, and I, or I definitely do, you know, and I love the, the challenge, you know, there's like a, there's a strong challenge there that was like provided and i think that that's really like important you know and like you have to question things you know is that particular point of view always right i'm not really sure you know what i mean or whatever that's a debate for another time you know 
Uh, I personally consider myself a feminist. I love what that whole group of bands did, though. Injected a completely radical, different point of view. Really shook shit up. Made it fucking kind of interesting. A little bit of sizzle, you know? And I think that that's important. I think that's cool. And I think that at the best and highest points of, like, punk metal and hardcore, it all comes out in that way. And sometimes it's something, like, really fucking vile. Like cannibal corpse. It's like this is fucking disgusting. Are these guys for real? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's so like out of control. It's like it's like watching like the best horror movie, you know? Right. And um yeah, it's like it, it's you know, but also, you know, there's gonna be like, you know, a whole that also comes with its whole set of like, you know, fuck these guys or fuck those guys, you know, for completely different <laughs> reasons. But at the same time, it's like that sizzle that kind of like, oh, all right, cool. But people either love or hate these motherfuckers, right. whoever they are for a particular reason. Those bands, I think, tend to be the best bands. It's the love or the hate. You need one or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if everybody likes you or, or feels indifferently about you, you, you suck. Exactly. <laughs> it's just that's, that's it. You know what I mean? You're just kind of like, oh, all right, well, okay, cool. You know? But that's sort of the thing. I think that right now... Unfortunately, I think with the internet, though, it's a lot very like revisionist in a lot of ways. It's like, oh, man, I'm really like into this. And now I found out all about it. And like, I know, like, almost like I'm like a historian. And then I can like, you know, buy some punk clothes. And then I like, you know, I know how to be it. It's traditional. And there's something, you know, and there's like real canonical bands and hardcore and metal and punk now that are like very revered and look, looked up to, you know, all of these people when they were doing this stuff had no fucking clue what they were doing. They were just kind of fo following their nose a bit, you know? Right. And I think that people As need to do that. As opposed to still. emulating somebody else, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. They were just kind of like being a freak. Right. So they created, well, yeah. with every genre though, there's the create the sort of the creationists, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Always, then, you know, but like, tell me that like David Yao was really like, you know, I'm going to be, David Yao, in yeah. a way, you know? <laughs> the guy's almost like a paradigm, or Henry Rollins, or something, right. you know? Or Kathleen Hanna, or something like... And I, I, it's a very special thing, you know? And I do think that there are artists now who are really pushing the envelope and doing great shit, you know? Like, you look at, like, Hankwood and the Hammerheads, or, like, you know, Lotion, or, you know, some of these punk bands around here are just, like, totally fucked and just doing their own shit. And it's, like, really amazing. And then there's certain metal bands... From also from around here, they're just really following just their own trip. You know what I mean? It's like, who is doing like a, you know, Russian circles kind of thing or, you know, uh, tombs. It's like are adding all these industrial elements to their vibe now. And it's just going deeper and further and harder and crazier and more. But the <laughs> sound is just so more so much more expansive. Tombs is such a great band, but it's like. I appreciate that. I appreciate people who are just following their own nose a little bit, too. It's, yeah, except, you know, I mean, what? Rock and roll, electric guitar music was invented in the 50s, and the longer, the further we get from that, the less and less you're going to be able to do with a guitar to be sure truly innovative, you know? like Yeah, I think a lot of it is also, like, context, too, you know? Like, uh, how, like, in in the particular climate and the times, you know? Like, Ronald Reagan was almost like... Yeah, very like very impo very important for hardcore <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean totally i just you know what's really kind of interesting to me is like it's interesting though because i feel like some of those or at least like 
there are a lot of uh, interesting bands now. I think feel for a while like it was cool to sort of be like agnostic about like politics and things like that. It was like very much like personal writing in a lot of a lot of different music, you know, and like a lot of metal music and stuff. I think tends to come from that place, you know. There's not like tons of like super politically motivated metal bands, but there are a lot of hardcore and punk bands that are, you right. know, or whatever. Um, and I think metal has always had a little bit more of like a shock vibe, you know. It comes from like almost like a place of like alice cooper like glam and like things like that where it was like but is it more i think maybe like that it's more personal yeah in a way and, because... yeah and i think that that's great and it has like it, it, it a whole thing there but i feel like in punk and hardcore it was a little bit devoid of that element for a bit yeah and i think that now uh there's just like a lot of new bands kind of rising up there like have strong feminist leanings have strong certain leanings towards a lot of different uh you know kind of more like social issue kind of stuff it's really interesting to see kind of that mantle sort of like that i thought was dormant for a little bit being like kind of taken up a little bit more right and in a stronger way it's like yeah i'm like oh yeah i remember going to shows and there'd be like why vegan on the table totally like certain things and it felt more than just uh there was like all these points of view swirling around that were kind of interesting and worth talking about that were cultural to to the music right particularly like you know you go to a fucking earth crisis show you're gonna run into str straight edge people i never knew what the fuck that was growing up on long island right. you know and like being just like a little kid you know or what a vegetarian was or whatever i learned all that shit from punk and hardcore right. and stuff you know so it's interesting i think that kind of vibe is sort of coming back and i think that's what builds ties you know there is a lifestyle element to it in a way, you know? Well, it becomes bigger than just going out and getting fucked up and playing music. Like, yeah, it's, totally. Which, yeah, I think is important. Yeah, I learned so much different stuff from eating, like, you know, Los Crudos, like, liner notes and totally. stuff like that, you know? And that's just way different. That's, like, development of, like, person, you know what I mean, in this different way. And I think that that's why people have such a strong connection to, like... A lot, of, a lot of that sort of stuff. It's like, got a crass record one day. Like, what the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> like, okay. You know? And uh, it made you think. It made you think outside of, yeah, like for me, my little, like, you know, suburban town and, like, what the fuck's going on, you know? So I think that that's really interesting. And it's like a, new, a newer shift towards some of that. Now, you know, yeah, and I think there's a lot of tension because of that, too. There can be, you know? There's, like, all this sort of stuff, you know? People, you know... And then there's a band over here that, you know, has maybe a more, you know, what we're saying, a personal vibe and says something that might be a little bit off color. And then there's like, there's beef, you know? Right. And then that's like, that's something that's really interesting. And in music is like a very difficult thing to sort of reconcile, you know? It's, it's, but it's like a lifelong problem. It's like, if it goes so much beyond music, you know, it's like a philosophical problem that's been for hundreds of years. It's like, you want freedom. But you also want to not have, like, uh, you know, kind of, like, the the worst elements either. You know what I mean? Right. So you're trying to sort of always reconcile these things between, like, freedom and also having, like, uh, almost like the harm principle, like, the greatest good for the most amount of people. And that kind of has always been, like, this fucking war, you know? Right. And it kind of plays out in music in, like, this really interesting way that... I think people don't even realize, you know? And then sometimes they'll be like, no, but this is, like, fantasy. I'm not really like this. You know what I mean? And, like, music gets so harshly judged as an art form because I think it happens in real time. You go and see a painting, 
and you're not like or you go see like Inglorious Bastards or something. You're not like that guy who made that film. That's the Nazi motherfucker right there. Right. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, but you know, there are bands who'll use like imagery that's kind of like risque and stuff like that. And a lot of them are trying to get a rise out of people too. Remember, like, you know, every early punk band was wearing swastikas like right. to totally, left and totally. right. You know, <laughs> no one's running up to like you know John Lydon and being like, you know, you're fucking nazi you know but so it's it's the contexts are so different and they change and you know and uh you know meanwhile this guy's listen has more reggae records than probably anybody on earth and is hanging out with jaw wobble but whatever so you know i i digress but the the point is is just like it's a really interesting thing too because it's like you kind of want to have you want that freedom what's fantasy versus not you know what I mean? What's right. like, and I think there should be room for exploring those things. If you're making dark music, it's gonna be dark. You're about the darker side of life. This is this is not happy shit. This is fucked up shit. Fucked up shit happens all the time, and this is what this is about a lot of the times. So the realities are fucking harsh. The realities of this world are fucking dark, and you have to be able to i think explore that in some way but then there is like this push and pull and it's fucking i mean it's crazy me, it's it's a really uh, in, like intense thing sometimes for me when i'm booking bands you know i take these things into consideration a bit and not you know um and it's a weird thing i don't have like the answers you know at all i'm just like this is i feel <laughs> like things that happen you know totally. but a band like i mean we were talking when you were talking about carcass before like to me a band like that is more about art like you know what i mean like fine art than it is about what traditionally music was probably used for yeah you know, I, like i agree they're like in in a sense they're performance art you know yeah and like that's why they have this controlled environment that they bring with them and and, and, and that's why they have this extreme so... message that's that's like nobody can really 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 feel that way you know like yeah it's 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 an exaggeration of 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 thing of feelings which is what art is supposed to be that's what a painting is supposed to be is an exaggeration of of an emotion or something yeah and it's like yeah you see like you know all these people on stage you think that they're like that at home yeah. you know it's like <laughs> you know what i mean like it's usually like you know when i play I'm like running around yelling my ass off and stuff like that. I'm like here drinking coffee with you guys. Like, you know, that helps me get through the rest of the stuff. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. So I'm not over here trying to yell at everyone that frustrates me or what have you or whatever or like tell you about my deepest fears and stuff like that. You know, this is where those feelings kind of really reside for me at least, you know? And right. I think a lot of artists that's they that they, they, that's their the avenue you know sometimes the avenue ain't fucking it's not a pretty street to drive down you know <laughs> and that's most of the music i fucking like right, right. <laughs> this is what i do you know and like and that's sort of the thing and you know it's really interesting what certain people will accept and not you know and there's a lot of like you know hypocrisy and stuff like that evolved in it too you know what i mean or like you know you're looking at this and you're not looking at that people can't look at everything all the time you know and it's 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 very difficult, you know, but at the same time, I kind of invite the struggle of it as opposed to no one just looking or caring right. at all either. You know, I think it, there's some of them are important conversations to have. I just wish there would be more conversations and people like yelling at each other in all caps, like in some asinine 
internet well, web. That, totally, but yeah. that could, that's unfortunately what it, oh, it devolves into. I, you know? I got to roll out, but last question for Dave. Everyone's sure. wondering this. How do you keep your hair so silky? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I actually use a lot of uh, John LaFrieda frizzies. Uh, that's a plug for John. John, hit us boy. up. Let's get some, some, let's get some sponsors. Send some to Dave. Sponsor us, I, dude. I go ad. through a ton of that shit, um, and it's incredible. Uh, so yeah, John Lafrida has got me hooked <laughs> up, man. That's my secret. I'm, I'll let everybody know. All hey, right. Dave. Dave, bringing Castillo. it to you, taking it to your face. I feel like Vitus is definitely, it's going to be, it's one of those places that in 10 years, well, it'll probably still be around, but at some point when it's not around anymore, people are going to look back and go, remember, remember Vitus in the teens? Yeah. In the 20 teens, like that was a place, man. That was a time. There's going to be a lot of people that feel very connected to it, you know? I feel like Greenpoint will be like so fancy and people but there was a venue a metal venue here <laughs> like by all these high rises like yeah yeah it will be i mean everything is but they've got to get the transportation sorted there's no trains there man yeah that's true but i guess they'll do that i don't think they can i read some no article fares. about how they can't really do any like they can't even add more trains to the g train you know it's so short Oh, interesting. I just, I, would, like, I really hope that they get the more ferries, man. That's what I'm down yeah. for. Because I'm surprised they can't just build another bridge or something, too, because it's really not that far. Right. Yeah, they could probably... The bridges are expensive, dude. Also, you got to realize they take up a shit ton of real estate on either side of the bridge. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's really... That's a tough one. Yeah. Maybe a tube. <laughs> Can we come up? Should we? Let's just sit here and talk about this until we solve it. I think. <laughs> I think no. Let's do like that Elon Musky tube thing. Yeah, our, I want more ferry stops. All the ferry stops are on the Brooklyn side. You know, I want a yeah. ferry stop. They're supposed to put one. They keep talking about putting one at Grand Street, which would be right at the bottom of my building, and that would be awesome, man. I could take the ferry over to. There's so much cool shit on the. Brooklyn waterfront now, you yeah. Know, like the Navy Yard, all the parks they're putting in. That's true. When I lived in Greenpoint, there was a ferry at the end of my street, India yeah. Street. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. I never rode it. I rode it like once. They're not cheap. That's the problem. Like, they're pretty cheap. I mean, like, it's not cheap. If, I think it's like three bucks or something. Oh, I thought it was more than that. No, maybe. I mean, yeah. if you're I, my roommate, when I lived in Williamsburg, took it. She took it to work every day. Her work paid maybe for it. Maybe it's like more with a bike or something. They charge for bikes. I don't think so. Huh. Last time I took the ferry... Maybe I'm just a cheapskate. Last time I took the um, ferry, I was on mushrooms. Nice. Did you get off? <laughs> I uh, I just... No, I just... I, me and my friend just rode it like, a, for like brilliant. a full loop around. It was amazing. That definitely sounds like a good way to uh, yeah, like spend a trip. sun was setting. Like, it was really beautiful. It's like a cheap boat ride. Yeah. So I'd recommend doing that. Um, Taking mushrooms and riding the ferry. You think they know? No. The guy's like, are these fucking guys going to get off? I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> no, don't no know. one cares, man. It's a very, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's very fine. loving. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend anyone do any Ill illegal drugs ever. Are mushrooms illegal? Yes. Definitely. It's weird. How do you make something illegal that fucking grows naturally on the planet? Like, how does that work? 
There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, weed. DMT, weed. Um, Wait. A lot of psychedelics are plant derivatives. Like, and peyote, that's just... Yeah. Uh, Cactus. Is that illegal? Is peyote illegal? Definitely. So if you got caught with peyote here in New York... It's probably like a Schedule 1 drug. Like, yeah. Substance. Yeah, that's I think really you'd be in a lot of trouble. Seems pretty... Although apparently <clears throat> you can get caught with weed in New York and it's not a really a big deal anymore. Like, I, th- I think you just get, like, a ticket, or I think if it's under, like, an ounce or something. I don't know why I'm talking about this, because I don't totally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we're, but, we're, but, we're talking a lot of shit here at the yeah, end of this Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard that it's not that big of a deal anymore. Whereas I think, like, you know, like, five or ten years ago, if you right. got caught with it, it would be much more of a serious penalty. All right, let's wrap this. <laughs> Just, we just lost we just lost what's his name the guy that listens till the end oh yeah <laughs> that one guy is like what, what is this talking about they're like talking about drug laws but they don't really know them we had such a great podcast here we did Dave, and we, we just trailed off into the ether yes all right let's bring it back by saying thank you to dave castillo for coming by go check out a show at st vitus check out their calendar they have shows literally every night um they have a cool karaoke night there they have like art shows flea markets check out their calendar it's super easy going off track.com check out going off track.com donate online leave us a review on itunes check out the new white widows packed album keep an eye out for primitive weapons and we will be back next week bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.